Amen. Thank you, dear Hannah, for that special music. Perfect peace. Boy, I tell you, the world is desperately needing peace. The world is actually calling for a one world government and for someone to head it up. Keep your eyes open, beloved. Keep your eyes open and keep your Bible open. Open your Bible tonight, please, to the book of 2 Samuel. 2 Samuel and chapter number 18. We're in chapter 18. 2 Samuel chapter 18. And I'd like you to follow along as I pick up this uh, tail end of the story. It's the story, of course, it involves when <coughs> one of King David's sons tried to uh, cause an uprising and overthrow the government and how the boy ended up, die- the young man, I should say, ended up dying. His name was Absalom. And so we'll pick up the story in verse 31. 2 Samuel chapter 18, verse 31. And behold, Cushai came, and Cushai said, Tidings, my lord, the king. For the Lord hath avenged thee this day of all them that rose up against thee. And the king said unto Cushai, Is the young man, Absalom, safe? And Cushai answered, The enemies of my lord, the king, and all that rise against thee to do thee hurt, be as that young man is. And the king was much moved and went up to the chamber over the gate and wept. And as he went, thus he said, O my son Absalom, my son, my son Absalom, would God I had died for thee. O Absalom, my son, my son. This evening we're going to look at this experience in the life of David, a real insight into David and his son Absalom. It'll give us insight, I believe, into our own hearts and principles by which we might follow the Lord as we speak on the subject. Oh, my son, Absalom. Would you bow your head for a moment of prayer? Heavenly Father, we ask now your Holy Spirit to help us. Please, Heavenly Father, we ask that the Holy Spirit would be our teacher tonight. Speak to hearts. Father, I know that King David's family was a divided family. There was much sorrow in that family. And I know, Lord, that our church is made up of wonderful families, and yet still some of the families experience sorrow. And I ask you, dear Father, to minister to hearts tonight. Give wisdom and insight, and encourage your people In Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. Well, in a nutshell, folks, here's the the story here. Here's the history of the story. When King Saul died, this is David's predecessor, David went to live in a town called Hebron. He was approximately 30 years of age at the time. Within a couple of years, his first wife, Ahinoam gave birth to his first son, and he named his first son Amnon, A-M-N-O-N, Amnon. It means faithful. Shortly thereafter, David's third wife, now folks, we're not going to get into David's first wife, third wife, and how many wives he had. That's not the purpose here of of the message. I just want to give you a little historical background and try and uh, make this thing alive here for you. But his third wife, Maacah gave birth to his third son, 
whom he named Absalom, which is a shortened form of Ab-Shalom. Ab means father, Shalom means peace. So it could mean either a peaceful father or father of peace. After this, Maacah gave birth to a girl. Now this is Absalom's mother, then gave birth to a girl whom David named Tamar, which means palm tree. Now, even though King David was a man after God's own heart, neither Amnon, his first son, nor Absalom, his third son, lived a godly life. Neither of these fellows grew up living godly. Every young person must decide for himself or herself how they will live their lives. In the Word of God, we have examples of of good fathers, good men who had bad sons. And then, of course, we have bad men who ended up having good sons. Sometimes you just never can tell. Well, approximately 20 years go by, and King David is kicking around the age of 50, probably not quite 50, probably his later 40s. And in chapter 13 of 2 Samuel, Amnon, the first son, lusted after his half-sister Tamar. He saw her and had to have her. He lusted after her. This is what we call incest. So he experienced incest over her. He ended up raping her. King David should have taken action. He should have stepped in and disciplined Amnon, but he did nothing. He did nothing. Sometimes in life we wonder why it is that some evil people seem to do their evilness and get away with it. Folks, they don't get away with it. No one gets away with it because God is the one who keeps the books. God will settle the accounts at the end of the day. God will punish sin. Now, Tamar was Absalom's full sister. Amnon's half-sister, but Absalom's full sister. And Absalom swore revenge. Approximately two years go by and Absalom kills Amnon and then flees away to Egypt. That's in 2 Samuel 13, 38. This, of course, broke David's heart. And every day he longed for his wayward son Absalom back. And so three years go by. In chapter 14, David's military man Joab helps to bring Absalom back to Jerusalem. However, David decided he would not see Absalom. And two more years went by. So now we're somewhere around five years after Absalom murdered his half-brother. Five years have gone by. Now, during this time, these last two years, during that time, Absalom stole away the hearts of the men of Israel and he made a conspiracy against his father David to kill him and take over the kingdom. And so in chapter 15, verse 14, rather than fight his own son, King David chose to leave Jerusalem. But in the design of God, the battle that followed in chapter 18, where we find ourselves tonight, it ended with Absalom's death and King David's broken heart. Whatever happened in Absalom's life that would cause him to forsake God the way he did and to do such things, and try to kill his father and take over the kingdom. You know, having the king as his father 
Absalom certainly had no financial needs. He had no birth defects or physical handicaps. Chapter 14, verse 25 says he was very beautiful young man to look upon and he was well liked. He didn't suffer under an unloving, abusive father. King David was a a good man and, and loved him. So what could have caused Absalom to go astray like he did? Well, for this, let's turn back to chapter 13. And let's take a look at verse 22. Chapter 13 and verse 22. And it says, And Absalom spake unto his brother Amnon, neither good nor bad. For Absalom hated Amnon because he had forced his sister Tamar. And I believe that what we have here is unresolved anger and bitterness. I think that's what we've got here. Unresolved anger and hatred. I think this is the clue. He did not get his, he did not give, I should say, his hurts over to God like we're supposed to. He didn't give his pain over to God. And for the next five years, the sin of anger and bitterness began to destroy him. Now, growing up, Absalom would have learned And would have heard good teaching on the subject of forgiveness. But now his heart would not hear it. He would have heard the words of Leviticus 19.18. Thou shalt not avenge nor bear any grudge against the children of thy people. But thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. I am the Lord. Absalom would have heard that preached and taught. Also he would have heard Deuteronomy 32. Verse 35. To me belongeth vengeance and recompense. Meaning to God belongs vengeance. He would have heard all this. Years later, Absalom's younger brother, half-brother, Solomon, wrote in Proverbs 15.10, Correction is grievous unto him that forsaketh the way, and he that hateth reproof shall die. Maybe, possibly, Solomon had his older brother Absalom in mind when he wrote that. I don't know. But now Absalom had made up his mind and decided that the godly life wasn't for him. He forsook the right way and he felt it was his job to exercise vengeance and revenge over his brother Amnon. He wanted to satisfy his unresolved anger and hatred by killing his brother Amnon. But listen to this. Folks, this is so important. Don't miss this. Unresolved anger and hatred does not stop with revenge. I'll say it again. Unresolved anger, unresolved hatred does not stop with revenge, even if it means killing the object of one's hatred. Why? Because unresolved anger and hatred won't go away. And in fact, unresolved anger and hatred will now start looking for a new object on which to dwell. Now who, who could Absalom possibly start to hate? Who? Well, after Absalom fulfilled his evil desire and murder upon Amnon, he spent the next five unrepentant years growing in anger and hatred toward a new object. His father, David. 
Absalom had now changed from what he had been. His name, Father of Peace, no longer suited him. It didn't fit anymore. And so, he became a monster. And that's what will happen to anyone who has unresolved anger issues. If you have unresolved anger issues at a family member, or unresolved anger issues at a friend toward a friend, or unresolved anger issues toward a pastor or some leader or your boss at work or someone at school. If you carry unresolved anger issues, they will eat you up and turn you into a monster. You will no longer be the great person that people once knew. That's sad, but that's the truth. That's what happens. That's what happened here to Absalom. He became a monster and he started to destroy other people. When Absalom began executing his evil scheme of treason upon his father, it was as if he were a monster going after the blood of his very own father, bent on killing the very one who brought him into this world. You know, sometimes people change quite drastically in life. It's sad but true. Some of the boys and girls that you once knew when you were a teenager have changed. Today, if you could catch up with them, some of them are selling drugs to children. Some of them are in prison for violent crimes. Some of them are cold-hearted people who care for nothing but money and power. They're not the same people that you once knew them to be. Absalom had changed, and David knew it. And that may be one reason he mourned for his son. I do believe that loving parents will always mourn for wayward children. Wayward children have a way of breaking a mother's heart and breaking a father's heart. It seems reasonable that if David had really wanted to, he could have overcome Absalom at the beginning and put down this conspiracy, but he chose not to. And the question is why? Well, here's a possible answer that perhaps David perceived that what Absalom was doing was that he was being used of God against him according to the prophecies of Nathan back in 2 Samuel chapter 12 verse 10. Now this is after Samuel, sorry, after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And he went unrepentant himself for the better part of a year and finally repented. And Nathan the prophet told him that your sin has been put away. But then he said in verse 10, he said, The sword shall never depart from thine house. So look now in chapter 18, please. Chapter 18 and verse 9. It says, And Absalom met the servants of David, and Absalom rode upon a mule, and the mule went under the thick boughs of a great oak, and his head caught hold of the oak, and he was taken up. Between the heaven and the earth, and the mule that was under him went away. And a certain man saw it and told Joab and said, Behold, I saw Absalom hanged in an oak. And so here in battle, Absalom riding upon a donkey tried to go beneath an oak tree, the limbs of an oak tree, and he got caught. His head and his hair got caught in the limbs of the oak tree. It reminds me of how Abraham went to 
in obedience to God, sacrifice Isaac to God. And God, you know, said, no, it's all right, stop. And then Abraham heard a noise and turned behind him and he found a ram caught in the thicket by its horns. Caught there. And so that is the animal that Abraham used to sacrifice to God. Interesting how sometimes the very thing in which we boast ourselves becomes a snare to us. Particularly if we're, we're not living for God at all. Balaam's love for money is what led to his own death. The same was true of Achan when Israel came into the promised land. Samson's love of strange women led to his undoing. Sadly, the same was true of Solomon. Judas Iscariot's great plan to betray Jesus led to his own death. And so, in chapter 14, verse 26, it seems that Absalom boasted in his glorious head of hair. And it quite possibly became the means of his own death. Now you need to know this. According to Deuteronomy 21 verse 23, it says, He that is hanged is accursed of God. When they hung up a criminal on a tree, he was suspended between earth and heaven. And it was indicative, it meant that he was cursed and rejected from both heaven and earth. Absalom ended up suspended in the air. Hanging from the tree, accursed of God and men. May I point out also Deuteronomy 27.16 Cursed be he that setteth light of his, by his father or his mother. How about that? May I repeat that? Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. And all the people shall say amen. That's in your Bible, folks. You go around cursing your father, cursing your mother. You watch out. Young lady, young sir, you watch out. And listen, even if you're well-grown and you're middle-aged or you're into your senior years, you go around cursing your father or your mother and they may have died years ago. You watch out. You be careful because God is not pleased. Very true. Exodus 20 verse 12. Honor thy father and thy mother that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Absalom did not honor his father in his actions. But of course, by then, a heart consumed with unresolved anger and hatred will show no honor to anyone, except maybe Satan. Satan is the only winner here. <clears throat> in chapter 15, verse 12, we find that Absalom had chosen himself a helper, a counselor of evil. His name was Ahithophel. Now you say, who was Ahithophel? Ahithophel at one time was a man close to David. At one time he was David's closest ally, his best counselor. But Ahithophel had a granddaughter named Bathsheba. When David committed adultery with Bathsheba. It horrified Ahithophel. And he left David. And he went to his own home. And there it says he, 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 he did sacrifice. We presume sacrifice to the Lord. But Ahithophel couldn't give it over. He couldn't let go. 
He held on to that anger. He held on to it until it became bitterness. That sharp, acrid taste in the back of the mouth. It started to boil inside him. He hated the man that violated his granddaughter. And then Absalom came knocking at his door and said, How would you like to work with me? And together we'll overthrow David. And Ahithophel said, Count me in. And he threw his lot in with Absalom. And so, come now to the point of the rebellion when Ahithophel saw that the rebellion was doomed. Absalom was not going to win. He could see that. The Bible says that he went home and he hung himself. There are five suicides recorded in the Bible. None of them are sanctioned of God. God does not sanction suicide. God sanctions Savior side. Get on the Savior's side. And He will carry you through. You see, the truth is, my Lord knows the way through the wilderness. And all I have to do is follow. Sad, isn't it? Judas Iscariot sold out his king. He threw his lot in with the Pharisees there. And he too ended up hanging himself. Now chapter 18 and verse number 5. I want you to see something here before the battle. Before the battle began. Verse number 5. And the king commanded Joab and Abishai and Ittai. Saying, deal gently for my sake with the young man, even with Absalom. And all the people heard when the king gave all the captains charge concerning Absalom. And so, David instructed his three captains not to hurt Absalom. Not to hurt him or kill him. Well, what happened? Verse number 14. Then said Joab, I may not tarry thus with thee. And he took three darts in his hand and thrust them through the heart of Absalom while he was yet alive in the midst of the oak. Absolute disregard for the command of the king. Flagrant disobedience by a man held in a position of trust. Remember the verse, Deuteronomy 27, 16. Cursed be he that setteth light by his father or his mother. And that's exactly what Absalom was. This death that Absalom died, he had it coming. Sad to say, isn't it? But he had it coming. Now, verse 18. Now, Absalom in his lifetime had taken and reared up for himself a pillar which is in the king's dale. For he said, I have no son to keep my name in remembrance. And he called the pillar after his own name. And it is called unto this day, Absalom's place. Well, he had no son. He comes to die. He's got no heir. You know, why did he have no children? Could be. Because he cursed his father. Cursed his mother. 
could be because of the unresolved hatred and anger that he held on. Those were his only children. Anger. Hatred. Those were his only children. Sad, isn't it? And so comes the end of a father's son. What a waste of a good life. A life that could have been so different had it been turned over to God. Had it only been turned over to God. Listen, my friend. If you have anger issues, would you not turn them over to God tonight? Will you not plead and pray with God to help you with your anger and your bitterness toward that person? And oh, if your anger is toward a mother or a father, you need to really cry out to God. You need to. Don't change the channel. Don't shut off the internet here. Don't do that. Listen. I'm not finished the sermon yet. Listen, God is holding out his arms to you, offering you help if you'll receive it. Oh, Absalom, my son, my son, Absalom, cried his father David. If only Absalom had gotten on his knees and gotten right with God. Oh, we could have had a happy ending to this story. We could have. Absalom turned himself away from the right and true way of life. And he allowed his heart to become filled with anger and bitterness. How sad is the death of those who live without the fear of God. What a lot of sorrow wayward children bring to godly parents. Young people, learn a lesson from the life of a young man who turned from the right way. Learn. What happens when you allow anger and hatred to grow in your heart? There's a story told about a horse that had a beautiful meadow, a field, a meadow, a beautiful meadow entirely to himself. It was all his. He could go wherever he wanted. Then one day another horse intruded into his domain and shared his pasture. The first horse was angry and resentful and desiring to revenge himself upon this stranger. The first horse went to a wicked man and asked the wicked man if he would help to punish the intruding horse. The wicked man looked at the horse and and said he would. And he replied that if the horse would receive a, a bit, You know what that is. That's that metal piece they put in horses' mouths with reins on it. But if this horse would receive a bit in his mouth and allow him to carry him, he would contrive an effective weapon against this invader horse. The first horse consented and allowed the man to mount him. And from that hour, the horse found that instead of obtaining the revenge on the the other horse, he discovered he had enslaved himself to the service of a wicked man. When you and I allow the spirit of anger or revenge to consume our hearts, we allow ourselves to become ensnared, ensnared by the devil. There is no peace, saith my God, to the wicked. 
And that's what we become when we become consumed with anger, bitterness, hatred, revenge. We become wicked. I wonder how many Christian Absaloms there are in the world today not following the Lord. Oh, giving the outward impression. But inwardly, inwardly, they're filled with anger, resentment over injustices done to them. Now, should King David had done something to his sinning son Amnon when Amnon raped his sister Tamar? Of course. That was a failure on a father's part. But look how Absalom took matters into his own hands and ruined his life and many around him. I'm wondering if you might possibly be that Christian Absalom that God is weeping over tonight. And that up in heaven, instead of saying, Oh, my son Absalom. It's, oh, my son, and put your name in there. Or maybe you're a young lady. Oh, my daughter, and put your name in there. And God is weeping over you tonight, knowing that the end is near. Knowing that you're about to reap what you've been sowing for these months and these years. Listen, if I'm talking to you tonight, Will you not cry out to God for mercy and forgiveness? Will you not come to him in prayer? Will you not pick up the mantle of prayer? Oh, you used to wear it. You used to be so wonderful and sweet and kind and godly. Fun to be with, but you've changed. You've changed. Who's the winner here? The devil. He's the only winner. He's watching you self-destruct and he's rubbing his hands in glee. Are you going to allow it to happen? Will you not come to the Savior? You who've left your first love behind, the Lord Jesus, will you not turn and come back to Him? Oh, my friend. Jesus Himself told a story of a man with two sons. One of them ran away into Sin City. You know the story, the prodigal son. Finally, through all sorts of sorrow, that young man finally came to himself and realized, I had it good in my father's house. And he went back and he said to his father, I'm so sorry. And he repented. But that young man had an older brother, the elder brother. And the elder brother was jealous and he was angry with his brother. And for all the while that his brother was away in Sin City, that brother at home was angry. Unresolved anger. And when he wouldn't come in to the party, the father came out to him. And the brother had anger issues. Are you the elder brother? Are you the one with the anger issues? Oh, it doesn't have to be that way. Won't you bow your head in prayer? Let's do that right now. Let's have a word of prayer, all of us.